Welcome to WP Coffee Talk. Thank you to our sponsor, Helix Managed WordPress Hosting, for both their sponsorship and hosting our site, WPCoffeeTalk.com. Now on to our episode. Welcome to the next edition of WP Coffee Talk. And I am here today with Steve, I'll say it right, Grunwell? Grunwell, you got it. Grunwell, okay. I'm always afraid that's going to be like, no, it's Grunwell or something. You know, you never know how people pronounce their names, and I should have asked before. So many people have mispronounced it. I, I've got my favorite is was Griswold. So you have the whole vacation oh, national there you go. stuff. Yeah, um, we had a next door neighbor growing up who was always like, "Hey, Griswolds," and I just did it to get under my dad's skin. Sorry, you were introducing the podcast. That's awesome. I this is you know I call it WP Coffee Talk because yes, there's structure to it. Yes, I ask the same questions so that we kind of get you know a standard answers. We get the standard questions, but we see how everybody across the WordPress community has different responses and different responsibilities. And, and that's what I love about it is these questions are kind of like the great equalizers, right? Like we all make mistakes. We all have fun things. We all have opinions, whether you're just starting out or you're, you know, Matt Mullenweg who started the whole thing way back when we're, we're all just people. So I go off on tangents all the time. So you may have to pull me back at some point, which is actually probably what you just did. So there we go. <laughs> we'll hold each other accountable. There you go. You're, and I've, I've, I might have done a couple of these already today, so I'm already a little on the um, punchy. I think punchy is the right word at 8 o'clock at night. We can right? go with punchy. We'll go with punchy. Okay. So anyway, Steve and I, we met about a month ago maybe. At, uh, yeah, about that. At, at WordCamp Kent in Ohio. And uh, that was a gr- – I love that venue. That was the second time I've been to WordCamp Kent. And it's just beautiful. It's a it's- lovely space. It's definitely one of my favorite WordCamps, yeah. and especially since WordCamp Columbus hasn't happened for a few years, uh, Kent being just two-ish hours away, it's kind of become my my home camp, despite the fact that I have to get a hotel room, yeah. um, and the, the organizers have just been doing an excellent job. So They do a phenomenal job, and the speaker gift this year was phenomenal, too. Oh, the poster? Yeah. The poster with our own name on it. I haven't got a frame yet, so it's not hanging in my office at this point, but it will be as soon as I get it framed, because I thought that was just like really unique and really special. I have a a whole shelf of posters and from concerts and conferences and and all sorts of cool pictures. I I did a thing at the White House years and years ago, and I have an official photo of Obama and it's just like, I should really get it. It's just an eight by 10. I mean, these frames are not hard to get, but it's <laughs> sitting on this shelf in the walk-in closet. Like someday I'll frame all of this stuff. Let me just introduce you to a little thing called amazon.com. You could order any frame oh, you want there. Amazon. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> but we're not here to talk about Amazon. We're here to talk about WordPress and you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, as you said, my name is Steve Grunwell. I'm a senior software engineer at Liquid Web, um, which is a hosting company. I work right under Chris Lemma on the managed WordPress and managed WooCommerce hosting platforms. Um, this has been my first real product job. Before that, I did a bunch of agencies. Um, so some small things around Columbus that people probably don't know. Um, the most notable one within the WordPress community, I was at TenUp for two years. Um, so when I left there, I was a lead web engineer. Um, outside of that, plugin author, speaker, not just in the WordPress community, but the larger PHP community um, and the larger tech community. Um, coffee addict. Uh, my kid is turning four in September. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think she's going to wander down the stairs behind me, but if she does, well, she's adorable. So we can all enjoy that. 
Absolutely. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of me. That's awesome. Well, show us your mug. Let me see your mug. Speaking of that almost four-year-old, I have my iHeart Dad, which I got last year, I think, for Father's Day. Uh, my wife and my daughter picked it out. And uh, yeah, it's kind of cheesy. Yeah, it's, it's a sentimental thing. Um, but I'm also very particular about my mugs. And this is like that perfect, it's a 16-ounce mug. So it I was can gonna say, hold a sufficient amount yeah. of coffee. Not one of the little dinky ones. Like I have a whole cupboard full of mugs, but so many of them are like the ones that came with the plates when we got married. And it's just like, these don't get used. Who cares about like a tiny little like pinkies up mug? This is like, yeah. That's a uh, cup of coffee. That's awesome. And, and it's but- not too wide on the brim. Because mm-hmm. you do that and you just, your coffee gets cold too quickly. Absolutely. You can tell a true coffee aficionado because they've put careful thought into their mugs. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you did show me that if you, you're drinking water tonight, because it is eight o'clock in our time zone. And I understand I'm drinking water as well. Um, but secret, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I always have to out it, you know? Um, but you also, in case you run out of water, you showed me your other one. You've got backup water and a <laughs> giant sign. <laughs> yeah. This was a, an impulse buy in college. Um, it's 32 ounces, uh, which when they say, oh, you should have eight cups of water a day, that would be 64 ounces of water. So if I drink two of those, then I can move on to non-water things and not feel guilty. I've gotten my, my daily intake of water. And I'm guessing that in college, you purchase a 32-ounce stein. It didn't always hold water either. Nope, totally we- for water. Definitely for water. Yeah, yeah, water. That's, that's it. <laughs> that's what we'll tell the four-year-old anyway. <laughs> Oh, well, my, I have. <laughs> my daughter has been to more breweries than most adults that I know. I mean, you must have the, uh, what's it, the tap app? I can't remember what it's called. But Untapped? Untapped, yeah, where you yeah. write the beers everywhere. That's awesome. Yeah, Chris, I, I can't pr- pronounce his last name. He works for uh, Pippin over at Sand Hills. Mm-hmm. Um, WordCamp Grand Rapids 2014. He's like, oh, you've never heard of this? It's like Foursquare for beers. And I'm like, well, I'll try it. And then I got really hooked and now I'll go to places and people will be like, Oh, well, you know, I'm i uh, I'm really in untapped to look at how many uniques I've had. And I'm like, Oh, that's cute. And I have like three times their number. I mean, it's, especially, especially if you get a flight, thousands. right? Especially oh, no, if you get a, if you no get a flight, flight then no, oh, a, flight. a flight. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's the secret. And I have a yeah. really nice bottle shop near my house. So they'll do tastings like once a week, go over there, you know, get, Hey, we're doing like eight different beers. And yeah, they're four ounce pours of like really good stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it adds up quickly. Our Game biggest of fine drinking, not a good idea. <laughs> That's true. Our biggest brewery here in Rochester is called the Genesee Brewery. And I've had some of their stuff. They had one this summer that was strawberry lemon beer. It was a light, I can't remember. I'm not a, I don't drink beer, so I can't remember exactly the, it was not a stout. It was very pale. It was very light. Probably um, a Rattler. I it may have been. When it has like yeah. the lemony. Yeah. But um, I got a growler of it for my daughter and her fiance so they could try it. And they said it was delightful. So, um, but my fingers are freezing off holding my cup to show you. So <laughs> this is, cause I've, I don't know if you can see. It says WordCamp Pittsburgh on it, oh, nice. PGH 2016. So that was the first and, year for it, right? Uh, yeah, it was the first year for it, yes. And nice. um, this is etched. So the speaker dinner was at a, 
I always call it a make center, maker center. I don't remember exactly what it was called, but they did etching. And so we each got a glass that was etched right there. You could watch them do it. And we each got a luggage tag with our name and phone number. And then we could choose one of three different designs. So that's on my backpack and the cup is in my office. So I, and it only has ever held water because I don't like beer. <laughs> but anyway, moving right along. <laughs> Tell us how you got started in WordPress. Uh, well, I, I came into development um, in kind of a weird way because I, I actually majored in video in college. Um, and I did a video internship at this small little shop in, in Bowling Green, Ohio, which is 20 minutes south of Toledo. And at this job, uh, I was doing... Um, I was a video intern. They hired me on part-time, but then they also brought in someone else who was a, a full-time video co-op student. So while I was staff and he was a co-op, he was there 40 hours. I was there 24. So they're like, we're going to have Jason take the lead on these big projects this summer. I'm like, damn. But about the same time, our web designer slash developer left. And my boss is like, yo, can you make heads or tails of this PHP stuff? And I'm like, I mean, I can try. Uh, so I got really into it. And I, we mistakenly, uh, looking back, this was years and years ago, um, it was like a big point of pride. Like, no, we, we build everything custom. No off-the-shelf content management system. No, we're building custom content management systems. Uh, they were not good. They were junior, <laughs> at best, level developers. Um, they were, uh, I mean, my first projects were like, hey, build a CMS. And I'm like, Whoa. So I learned a lot. It was a fantastic learning experience. Uh, and I know the owner didn't charge much money at all. So I don't feel too terrible about the fact that like, you know, but um, so when I ended up moving back to Columbus after my then fiance, now wife graduated college, uh, I got a job in an ad agency here and um, I had done one WordPress project before that. Uh, and it was just like, I think it, I was working on 2010. It was right after WordPress 3.0 came out. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll just edit style.css. Not realizing that child themes were a thing or, or anything around that. Um, I was just kind of poking at it, trying to make it work. Mm -hmm. So I come to this ad agency in Columbus and um, was put on a project that had actually recently launched, had won some awards um, like local webby type stuff uh, for a, a local university. And unfortunately, some people had approached it the same way I had, um, where they were like, oh, this plugin's doing most of what we need, but we need to change this. And no one knew about you know, actions and filters or dogs shaking their collars in the background <laughs> and totally getting picked up by the microphone. So We uh, like dogs. Dogs are good. <laughs> well, especially this one. She's, she's an oldie, but she's a goodie. Um, she's going to be 11 this year, but ah. uh, anyone watching on video right now can see my dog's tail just. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I was working on this project and the university was like, well, it keeps telling us we have all of these plugin updates and also we want to add this and this and this, but we're afraid to touch anything because last time we did, it tried to break um, because of course, functionality being written directly into core, into plugins, into themes. Uh, so I learned a lot kind of going, okay, let me do diffs to figure out exactly what's changed from the version it says is on there to what should be there. How do we extract these things out, apply them properly using hooks and filters and things. And within a month or two, I became like the WordPress person. Uh, 
at at the company and, and then from there it just turned into you know at that job and then the job after you know oh you know wordpress really well we need to do this we need to do this is it possible to do this and it's like well yeah i mean through code all things are possible and and i think what was advantageous is i didn't start as a wordpress developer i started as a you have to figure this out like mm -hmm. it, it's on you um so then coming into wordpress and going okay how can i do this uh within the the confines of WordPress rather than like, how can WordPress do this? If that makes sense. Okay. It's kind of oh, it does make PHP sense. developer first into a WordPress developer rather than the other way around. Wow. That's pretty cool. Actually. I like that. I love that. Everybody's stories are so different. We all kind of, I, I don't, I don't think I've ever met anybody that said, you know, I was determined to be a WordPress, uh, engineer or WordPress anything, we all kind of stumble into it one way or another, but we all find our path in very different ways. And I think that's pretty cool, actually. Absolutely. Uh, what's something that you think people don't focus enough attention on when they're developing a website or, or building a website that um, would actually make it better? Uh, accessibility is going to be a big mm -hmm. one. Um, at first, I was going to say just general code quality because my I always, as the developer, have this inner voice going, it's about code quality. People should be testing everything. Why aren't they using PHP code sniffer? But really, uh, I mean, if we're talking, generally speaking, focusing on accessibility, focusing, on, I mean, even the, the little hanging fruit, things like making sure that our images have all attributes. People mm -hmm. get so excited that I can drop images in and I can do all of this stuff and they don't go, hey, uh, what's this going to look like for someone who's not reading it on you know, a computer exactly like mine. Uh, mm -hmm. What if someone's using assistive technologies? What if they're using even, you know, we've gotten a little better about paying attention to how things behave on mobile, um, but you can even look at things like uh, the, the average page size, which I think right now is hovering around, what, seven megs or something? Mm -hmm. um, something ridiculous. I remember, you know, six, seven years ago, having be like, that page is two megs. This is unacceptable. And now everyone's just like, we can do all the things. Um, so I really wish that people would pay more attention to making sure that they're doing things because they uh, help in the story that they're telling and the information they're presenting um, or to otherwise serve their audience rather than just flourishes for the, the fun of it all. Yeah, no, I think that's really good advice. Um, I, often tell people when I'm teaching WordPress classes, which I do here in Rochester sometimes, that it's so much easier to build in the accessibility as you're building your site. Make it second nature that when you add an image, you automatically add those alt tags and things like that because it's so much harder to go back and retrofit your site afterwards. Definitely. If you just build it into your process, then you'll will become a much better um, web designer. Absolutely. Oh, I, I can't, I can't agree with you more. That's just awesome. Absolutely. What's something that you wish you had known? I, I think you already gave us a little bit of this. <laughs> What's something you wish you'd known when you first started using WordPress that you've learned since? And, and let me just, let me guess, before you say it, um, might it be using a child theme instead of actually hard coding the, um, the core? Hmm. Uh, perhaps. Yeah, that would have, uh, Fortunately, I, I, I left that job before we ever had to update things. That was the, literally the last project I worked on uh, at that job before I moved. So it wasn't even I just changed jobs. I got two hours away uh, 
And you're like, surprise, buddy, whoever took over for me. (laughs) Uh, You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it was also, it was a table-based site anyway. So like I was taking 2010, which was decidedly non-table, but it was like, we had this old table-based site that I'm sure someone built in, you know, front page or Dreamweaver and, and went, we want a blog component. Hey, we hear this WordPress thing is good for blogging, but we need it to look exactly like the rest of the site. So I'm copying and pasting like portions of a table going like, oh, this goes against everything I know to be good yeah. in the universe. Have you ever gone back and looked at that site? Is it still there? Uh, once, yes. Uh, I don't know that it's been updated. <laughs> Again, these were not customers who were... Um, uh, paying much. Uh, the gotcha. company I don't believe still exists that I worked for. Um, the, there's still some web presence, but kind of, it seems like it went dark, um, gotcha. like nine years ago. So yeah, well, we'll um, see. So d- did I steal your answer or were you going to say something else? <laughs> um, no, I mean, child themes would be a, a yeah. big one. Um, uh, understanding the separation between, uh, plugins and themes would have also been uh, helpful. I, I'm as you learn more uh, and spend more time in the space, you start realizing there are definite areas that people are always like, you know, oh, I have opinions on like Divi versus Beaver Builder versus Genesis, like all. And I'm just like, yeah, my opinion is I don't really, I'm, I don't have an interest in using any of them ever. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was doing agency stuff, you know, it was all bespoke sites. We were building themes. I've built probably over a hundred WordPress themes in my career. Um, not counting child themes, just like from scratch. Um, so when you start doing that and you start going like, no, but if the design is this, we don't want them to be able to like, well, you can do all of this and this and this and this. And, um, you know, I don't need all of these extra hooks that like, well, if you add this and you end up with this, like, great. Now the customer has to configure a bunch of stuff and hopefully it continues to work after you're gone. When, if you can write it in code, it's in version control and you can say, Hey, look, we can see exactly when this setting changed. When the client goes, Hey, this stopped working. You can go, Hmm, I wonder why. Mm-hmm. Um, so in order to do that, uh, having a good understanding of this is functionality that belongs in a theme, or this is something that we actually need to break out into a plugin because it's a, a feature rather than just something that the theme has. Um, and different developers will have different viewpoints on that. Some people say, I'd rather have one theme that just has everything built in, but then when you have like custom post types being registered um, and you have those in a theme and then you try to, you know, the customer goes, we want to update the theme. Great. Now you're grabbing all of that stuff, copying it over, having to make sure that like the ch- nothing has changed or suddenly like, oh, post types just totally started breaking. Um, <laughs> So understanding that separation of concerns uh, earlier in the career than later would be, would have been beneficial. Absolutely. I completely understand that. Now you've attended WordCamps. Yeah. I should have brought out, I have a, in the furnace room behind me, a utility hook, like not, not just a cute little, like, oh, stick it on the wall, but like the big ones you have to buy at Home Depot and like drill them into the wall. And it's just overflowing with conference badges. A lot of them with the blue WordPress 
lanyard. Yeah. You can't see mine, but they're over there on the wall. I have something similar. So yeah. Um, you, you, I don't know how many you've been to, but I'm going to guess maybe more than I have, but I think I just attended maybe my 32nd or 33rd camp. So total or for the year? Cause I know you've at during, yeah, the no, tent, you were talking about yeah. like a ridiculous number per year. Well, ridiculous number of meetups. So I do a lot of meetups per okay. year. The most camps I've done in a year was last year. I did nine camps and I spoke at eight wow. of them. So that was, that was pretty, I just started attending WordCamps in 2014. So that's I've about the same time I did actually. Yeah. So hey, WordCamp you know, buddies. We are. We saw, and we got to be the last one together too, which was very cool. Um, but it's a lot of fun. I, I, I like save all my badges. They're hanging on the wall. There was one camp I went to, there was no badge or was a peel and stick thing. And I was like, but, but what am I going to hang on the hook? So I might actually just make my own badge for that one and hang it on the hook so that I know I, when I count them, I'm counting right. <laughs> that sounds like a good idea. There you go. But in all the camps you've been to, in all the meetups that you've gone to, either as a speaker or as an attendee, what are one or two pivotal moments, uh, things that happened that were either inspirational or that aha light came on or you talked to somebody that just blew your mind? Um, so because I am not just speaking in the WordPress space, but the larger PHP community, mm -hmm. um, like last year specifically, uh, it, it wasn't like an inspiration, but it was, I, I got to do, there were a bunch of small PHP community conferences that popped up, you know, the ones that go for like $250 tickets, mm -hmm. at least early bird pricing. Um, so you know, it's much easier. And my general rule when applying to speak at conferences uh, is it either needs to be something that I can drive in, like drive there and back in a day. Um, a bunch of people there that I'm like, no, I really need to just justify getting a hotel, but I still don't want to have to pay for a flight. Um, so somewhere I can drive like Grand Rapids coming up this weekend. Um, or it needs to be a conference that can pay for my, my uh, flight and hotel. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of the PHP conferences, because they're, you know, a level up from WordCamps when it comes to, you know, WordCamp, when you're doing $40, you can't pay for speaker travel. You can't do hotel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but like last year, I got to do a flight out to Portland and then from Portland flew directly down to San Diego. So that was for Cascadia PHP, then Wave PHP, then came home earlier that summer. I had done Nashville. Um, I was just going to all of these different places and it was so, I don't really have a point there. It just felt like it was a fun cool. story to share. Um, <laughs> but, but at these conferences, I, I've had the opportunity to meet uh, and, and actually share untapped check-ins with, you know, some of the people who are driving uh, the underlying language. And, and it's not just, you know, WordPress core developers who I, at, at PHP world 2014, the first year they did that out in Washington, DC, Andrew Nason was on a, uh, a panel there and, and Nason lives in DC anyway. Um, but I got to hang out with Nason. I got to buy Nason a beer, uh, take it back to the, they did a hackathon, but for the WordPress focused people, it turned into basically a contributor day. Um, Jenny Wong was there and she's like, I'm going to show everybody how to, to start contributing to WordPress um, because Jenny is awesome. I'm hoping you've met Jenny before. Not yet. Not, not yet. No. Make a point of meeting Jenny Wong. Um, she's okay. over in the UK. Uh, she works for Human Made and she is just a lovely human being. Maybe we'll get her on the show. You absolutely should. Um, 
but uh, the the ability to you know have a drink with or just generally get to to hang out with uh, different people who are writing you know the underlying language that not just WordPress you know thirty what five percent of the web at this point, but PHP which is like eighty something percent of the web, you know people who worked on or continue to work on the underlying language um, that that's given me a career. Um, it's just, it's a really profound, like, whoa. And then they'll say something stupid and you're like, you can be dumb too. Okay, I'm not the only one. This is awesome. Um, so <laughs> We're take, all humans. Like, you know, the last time you met like a hero of yours from the WordPress space and then just like, quadruple that and that's like meeting some of the people working on php i have gotten to um in the php community uh we have this tool called composer um it's a package management tool um if you've ever dealt with like npm for javascript um it's like that but for php uh and i got to hang out in a bar in chicago with jordy who's one of the two authors of composer uh and just like talk about how the metric system is different and you know, how weights over here don't make sense to him. Um, I got to meet Niels later, who's the other author and he and I are now friends on untapped because we did a, a wow. Alcohol thought is <laughs> a big part of all of this. It doesn't have to be, uh, we just choose to make it, it seems. Um, but we happened to do a bottle share uh, last year, year before um, in Atlanta for PHP tech. And it was just like, I'm, I'm getting to hang out with like all of these amazing people uh, from all around the world that I normally never get a chance to meet and I'm getting to pick their brain and I'm getting to, to know them on a personal level and not just some avatar in, you know, on Slack or, or on Twitter. That is very exciting. It's, it's um, one of those things when you start to meet your, um, I want to say heroes in a way, right? So people that like maybe luminaries in the, in the business is a good word Ooh. to use. I like that. That's word. a fancy word. Thank you. I like using my vocabulary every once in a while. Um, my, my, my big moment like that was uh, when Matt Mullenweg asked if the seat at our table for lunch was available. And as he sat down, only two out of the 10 of us that were there had any idea who he was. <laughs> and so, so, and I was trying really hard not to fangirl. So I kept it all inside and I was like, so how are you today? You know, and inside I'm like, oh my God, I know who that is, you know, so I totally get it. Absolutely. They're just people. Exactly. Just like we are, right? I mean, someday this blog is, or this uh, podcast will be so big, people will ask for my signature. I'm just, probably not. Anyway, moving right along. <laughs> so you work at Liquid Web. Yes. And what do you do on a day-to-day -day basis for Liquid Web? Uh, so when I joined Liquid Web, um, Chris Lemma, uh, put my role as basically, listen, I got a lot of ideas and a lot of things that I want to do with this platform. You know, managed WordPress is, Liquid Web's not the only player in the game. And we're well aware of that. Um, and in fact, we were probably a little, uh, well, not probably, we were later to the game than some of the other big players. Um, but what Chris has been doing is saying, we're going to pick some of the, the best people in WordPress, not only just like well-known people, but just extremely talented people. Um, somehow I slipped through. Uh, but the fact that, I mean, we have Andrew Norcross, 
I don't know why I said Andrew Norcross. No one knows his first name. It's just Norcross. I, I didn't know his first name till now, but now I do. Oh, well, it's Andrew Norcross. <laughs> um, uh, we have Jason Cosper, who used to be over at WP Engine, um, but he's out on the, the West Coast and he's a performance engineer for us. And, you know, is regularly like WordCamp Orange County and all of that. Um, we have Luke Cavanaugh, who used to be at Bluehost and is now doing support stuff specifically around our managed WooCommerce stuff. Because Luke has this reputation in the WooCommerce space, if you have, you know, read a support forum or gone on like one of the Facebook groups about WooCommerce or something, chances are you've run across this guy before. Um, meanwhile, he's just kind of this, this quiet guy living with his family in Utah. Um, but he eats, sleeps, and breathes WooCommerce. And my mother was like, uh, yeah, no, we're, we're totally getting Luke. Um, Lindsay Miller, uh, spouse of uh, Corey Miller of iThemes, who mm-hmm. then when we acquired iThemes, it was kind of this fun, like, hey, now you have to work together, haha. ha. Um, but she's <laughs> you know, heading up our, our partner stuff. It's just, we have this fantastic group of people that have been brought together. Um, and, and now with Jess Frick and Christy, I'm gonna mess up her last name so bad, so I won't try. Coronos? Uh, yes, that is, that is her. I, I know. Sorry, I live online. She's amazing. I know, you see it spelled, you don't know how to say it, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, now with, with Christy and Jess leading our managed WordPress and managed WooCommerce, scratch that, reverse it, um, managed WordPress and managed WooCommerce, respectively. Uh, it, it's just the, the amount of talent on that team is, is awesome. Uh, so Chris came to me and was basically like, listen, I know you. I've been watching you in your career, um, and people have been speaking very highly of you, and I've you know, seen your talks and things. Um, I have a lot of ideas, but they're things that go beyond just what WordPress can do. You know, you have this, again, the idea of like, I'm a PHP developer who happens to do WordPress rather than I'm a WordPress developer, you know, trying to, to stretch beyond mm-hmm. that and do more PHP. Um, so I'm able to come at something and be like, well, yeah, we can do that in Laravel. Oh yeah. You know, there are composer packages to take care of this. It's not like, where can I find this plugin? It's like, where can I go to get the right tool for this job? Mm-hmm. Um, so while the job, I mean, the title is senior software engineer, um, but a big part of it, as it was sold to me, was kind of a uh, R&D, I guess, um, yeah. which is awesome. Going from like agencies and like, we need to track billable hours and we need to, you know, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, the best thing would be to do this, but we have to worry about, you know, we're over the retainer for this month. And now it's just like, Hey, I need this thing. How long do you think it'll take? Mm-hmm. Probably a few weeks. Okay, cool. Check back with me in a few weeks. I love it. It's just like oh, the the autonomy, and you you can't do this right with people who who don't uh, who aren't able to hold themselves accountable, um, mm-hmm. who need that constant handholding. But when you, I, I mean, I've been doing this as a career for for over ten years at this point. Um, mm-hmm. So to be able to just say like, here's a problem. I believe in you. Uh, let me know if there's anything that you need from me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's, it's an awesome place to be. Plus Chris is super supportive of me speaking. So like once a month or so I'm off to another that, conference. 
That's great. And I, do you work from home then? So you get to see your daughter too, which is also yep. probably a benefit. That it is. Although Fantastic. we do send her to uh, to daycare because it's it's been a while since you've had a, you know, four-year-old around. Yes. I have a 27-year-old. Yes. And she doesn't even live in my city. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's at that uh, very precocious, like the five whys, but she doesn't do it because it's like some business power move. It's right. just like, Maybe it is. Maybe I'm not giving her enough credit, to be honest. <laughs> She's just curious about the whole world around her and learning about it as she goes, for sure. That's awesome. Well, if you were to give advice to somebody who's building their own site for the first time, so take off the developer hat for a second. So you're not going to write your own plugins. You're not going to write your own theme, okay? So you're giving advice to somebody who maybe just came into a meetup and said, and you, so you say, you know, here's two or three plugins that you pr- really should think about using. What would those two or three plugins be? All right. So for a first time site builder, um, at least two immediately come to mind. Um, a lot of where I focus attention, I, I don't like the big monolithic plugins if I have a choice, mostly mm-hmm. because you know I need like two or three of those things. I don't need it all. Right. But mm-hmm. that's if I'm building a bespoke site. If it's someone coming in and they're like, I have a general idea of what I need it to do um, or what I want it to do, um, but I don't know how to get there. Um, Jetpack is not a bad place to start. Mm-hmm. Jetpack, I mean, Automatic has taken great lengths to to bundle a lot of really useful stuff. And, and I mean, I run Jetpack on, on my personal site. Um, I only have a few modules activated and I don't need a lot of things. Uh, mm-hmm. I also don't do a lot with my site. You know, hey, blogging occasionally and listing like, hey, here are all the places I'll be speaking. Um, right. But uh, Jetpack can be really powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yoast SEO, of course, if you want to be found, um, Yoast is just the, the de facto SEO plugin for WordPress. Mm-hmm. Um, it offers a lot of really user-friendly advice mm-hmm. too. So if you're like, Well, I don't understand why it's saying I have a bad score and it's saying like, Hey, uh, this reads like you're trying to, you know, submit your master's thesis and, uh, you know, like you haven't used this keyword at all. And you say, I want to be found for black converse. And this appears to be an article about, uh, Bose speakers. (laughs) I'm literally just looking at things in the room right now. (laughs) It's like, where did those come from? <laughs> yeah, very, uh, very arbitrary, right? right? You wrote a thing about liquid web mints that happened to be on my. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, no, those actually are really two, two really good plugins. I agree, absolutely. And I think those actually came up on uh, the talk I or the interview I just did right before you too, were the two that they had had also mentioned. So I was like, well, kind of that many people are saying, well, yeah, but still. Um, they're low hanging for a reason though, because they are useful. True. Absolutely. At any point in your WordPress or PHP development career, have you had a mentor, somebody that kind of took you under their wing and who was it? I've had a number of mentors throughout my, my career. Um, the most notable as far as a, a WordPress oriented podcast uh, would actually be my, my friend mentor, uh, former colleague and um, general speaking cohort, Eric Mann. Um, 
when I joined 10UP, uh, it was in 2014. And uh, just before joining, it was, see, the first day was November 17th, 2014. Um, and I had interviewed at 10UP and my original start date was going to be like November 1st. Um, but I was speaking at PHP World and uh, it was the first year for PHP World. It was out in DC. And I'm like, hey, I, you know, I can't wait to get started, um, but I have this, this conference. And they're like, oh, it wouldn't have been November. It doesn't matter. It would have been early November. But they're like, well, we don't want it to be like you're here for like a couple days, then you're out of the, uh, the office, well, the office for you know, several days at a conference. Like that seems like a, a difficult onboarding thing. So let's just move it to after the conference. Um, but when I had gotten uh, accepted to speak and then gotten the job offer at 10UP, I saw that Eric Mann was speaking at WordPress or at, at PHP World. I didn't know who Eric was at this point. Um, but uh, I, I sent him a message through the contact form on his site and he's like, hey, by the way, I'm, I'm also speaking at PHP World and uh, I'm going to be starting at 10UP after that. And he still gives me family friendly guff to this day um, because uh, Tenup had a, a recruiting bonus. And then like, if you referred someone to apply and they got hired and he's like, I sat down with Jake and evaluated like who would be people to talk to at PHP world while I'm there to try to recruit them to join Tenup. Unfortunately you applied before I got a chance to reach out to you. So I missed out on that bonus. <laughs> oh man. So, uh, but I mean, the, the trolling aside, uh, Eric is, is a powerhouse and someone who, who not only is just an excellent developer, but is, is a fantastic human being, someone who's, you know, not afraid to get up on stage and talk about, you know, some things ranging from the nitty gritty technical details of implementing different security protocols too big like no we need to talk about ethics and tech because my dudes we are doing this wrong and of course he's using my dudes in a, a i'm putting words in his mouth he wouldn't actually say my dudes <laughs> um, and i only use it when i'm like being snarky i love it um but no eric is is fantastic he and i uh i mean we're still in regular contact. And then when we're speaking at the same conferences, we're like, you know, Hey, I applied. Did you get in? Yeah, I got in. What about you? Yeah, I got it. Oh, great. I'm going to see you there. It's going to be awesome. Um, so Eric is just great. Um, and, and I'm a much stronger developer and person, uh, for, for having known him. That's wonderful. Not hitting my ring on my desk. I can hear that picking up. In the mic. <laughs> it's okay. We're human beings. We make noise sometimes. Other than Eric, then, who is somebody that you admire in the WordPress community and why? There's one person that's on my team that I intentionally didn't mention because I knew this question was coming up. Okay. Um, and that would be one Brian Watson. Uh, okay. He's a, another senior software engineer on my team. He started at Liquid Web a month before I did. Um, and he's actually not too far from you. He's uh, in... Ontario, New York, I think. At this oh, point. yeah, that's not far at all. Yeah, yeah, somewhere upstate. Um, but I, I had the pleasure of working with Brian. Uh, he started at 10UP like 
a month before me, I think. Uh, and uh, he then, um, he and I were co-engineering managers for a time. Uh, when TenUp did away with engineering managers, we both went back to senior web engineers. Um, and it was like, Watson is not a, a flashy person. He's not someone who's going to get up on stage uh, as much as we've tried uh, and, you know, like share all of his knowledge because this guy, he knows things like better than, than most of the people working on WordPress core. And it's not just like, because he's really into WordPress, just, he is an engineer through and through. Um, early in his career, he was like doing engineering work for Lockheed Martin. So it was yeah. like a, a kind of a step back to be like, oh, I guess I'm going to go do like agencies and stuff. Um, but this guy is one of the smartest people I've ever met. He's also the most like, if you're ever like, you know, up a wall because someone it's like, why isn't this person getting this thing? Or why are they doing it this way? And he's, he's that rational person who can be like, let's take a step back. Let's think about why they might be reacting this way, why you're reacting this way to how they're reacting. And it's like, <sighs> okay, well, yeah, when you say it like that, sure, <laughs> it all makes sense and things are reasonable, but. But um, I just want to rant. <laughs> yeah, so working now uh, across two separate companies with Watson, um, I mean, almost continuously since 2014. Uh, so, hey, congratulations, Watson. You and I are coming up on our five-year work anniversary. Um, but the the... The way he's able to approach problems, the the level headedness, just the not just the breadth, but the depth of his knowledge and his ability to, hey, I don't know this thing, so I'm going to figure it out, but I'm not going to turn it into like a big thing. Um, it's just kind of he's quietly there doing his thing, being awesome. We we regularly accuse him of being a robot. Um, <laughs> there's a, a Slack he and I are on where he has the nickname of Watson Bot. Um, because it's just, I mean, he can work through this stuff, um, like nobody that I've ever seen. So I have tremendous respect for Watson. And if you haven't met him before, um, everybody listening should make a point to meet him, especially because then he'll be like, Oh, but I, I'm not the social one. Steve <laughs> is the social one in this dynamic. And, and Watson and that, is the smart one. And now he's sicked everybody on me. That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. It's nice to have somebody that you can work with that you admire so much. So yeah. that's fantastic. Um, what's something that you would like to learn in WordPress that you haven't tackled yet? Um, so there, there's an item that immediately comes to mind, but it's not something I necessarily want to learn so okay. much as I feel obligated to. Um, and that's that I haven't had to do anything with Gutenberg yet. And I've been really happy about that. Yeah. Um, I, I'm like, if Gutenberg works for people, cool. I'm still team classic editor. Um, I, I enjoy writing in tiny MCE. Mm -hmm. I realize that's not usually the case. I'm also not doing much with like, oh, I need a short code for this and all. Like, yeah. I don't want these. I, I write technical blog posts. I use, um, I think it's called CRAN for uh, inserting code with syntax highlighting. Okay. And outside of that, it's like, it's basic text and block quotes. So 
shift. I, I tried writing in Gutenberg and I'm like, I don't like this. This makes me feel uncomfortable. Like I'm fine just writing. Um, but I'm not that the target audience for that. Right. Um, so up to this point, I haven't had to deal with Gutenberg because okay. I got out of the agency life before I had to build yeah. client sites there. Um, I realized that's something that I'm going to end up having to spend time with. Uh, along with that, I'm excited about working with React, but I'm also mm-hmm. currently learning Vue um, for a Laravel application that I'm working on. So it's kind of a, in the JavaScript world, you have like the React people and the Vue people. And I'm like, well, Vue seems cool and is lighter and doesn't have the whole attachment to Facebook. And I'm all like, boo, Facebook, despite the fact that Facebook's done like awesome things for PHP <laughs> as a language and, and the web as a, uh, as a platform, not for privacy, not for you know, all of the political reasons I can get into. Um, mm-hmm. But so I'm conflicted anytime it's like engineered by Facebook. And I'm like, okay, great. HHVM helped bring us PHP 7. <laughs> but Facebook. So um, I'm always torn. So if there's given two equal things, if one of them has Facebook attached to it and one doesn't, but still has a strong developer community around it, not just, you know, someone going like, Hey, I threw this up on GitHub and two people have ever used or tested it, but um, I would lean toward view over react. Gotcha. Sorry, WP coffee talk and Steve's uh, crotchety old, (laughs) Senior developer rantings about open source software. <laughs> I love it. It's fun. Everybody's got something different. And we all have our, our um, uh, thorn in our side <laughs> about different things. So uh, Jeff from my company was with me in, at WordCamp Kent. You may have met Jeff. And he had never touched WordPress until this year. And so I challenged him to start writing a blog um, after he attended his first WordCamp, which was Buffalo earlier this year, so that he could kind of, you know, journey journal his first year in WordPress, and then maybe next year, if he was up to it, do a talk on what it's like to just kind of like join a WordPress um, organization yeah. and kind of get thrown to the wolves, so to speak, in a nice way. And his he's so he is a native Gutenberg user. And so for him, it's coming very easily because that's what he's learned and that's what he knows. Um, I'm teaching a class at the end of this month where I will have to teach not just the classic editor, but Gutenberg as well. So now I am hoping to um, be more like Jeff. (laughs) We should coin a term if one hasn't already been coined for people who, uh, like I, I was born 87. So unfortunately, as much as I hate the term millennial and growing up, they were like, oh, you're Gen Y. And then they're like, Psych, nope, we're calling you millennials now. And I'm like, boo. Um, but, you know, the whole idea was like, these are kids who have grown up never not having access right. to a computer. Um, I, I mean, I remember like making signs for like when my dad came home, printed on our dot matrix printer running on a DOS machine. Yeah. Um, but people who have never known like WordPress without Gutenberg. There should be a, a name for that group of people. I don't have anything. Things like goot, goodies come to mind. Um, goodies never say die. Uh, <laughs> that, that's just off the top of my head. I'm here all night. I'm, I'm just going to move to the next question now. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. That sounds good. <laughs> What's the biggest WordPress mistake you've ever made and what did you learn from it? Uh, 
This one time I was on a podcast and I suggested we call anyone who's only used WordPress with Gutenberg bees. Uh, and that was a pretty big WordPress mistake. Um, no, I mean, I, I've, uh, a lot of them get into, you know, technical, like when I was at 10 up, I was doing a lot of, you know, like major migrations and, you know, 10 up does not typically work with like small little mom and pop shops. They tend to be like well-known big, companies. So there was one that we were doing work for and I was, uh, we were going to move them into WordPress from a, a different platform. And I was in charge of writing the, uh, the content migration tool. Um, you know, something like 200,000 posts or the equivalent of, um, not counting media attachments. These were like the actual like news stories. Mm -hmm. Um, and Having to pull all of this stuff over, I wrote a, a WPCLI command. Um, I, I've given talks on WPCLI. Um, I've, I've, and PHP CLI, and but like I'm, I'm comfortable with the command line, uh, is what I'm trying to say. But I, I write this giant script, and I start getting yelled at by our uh, our sysadmins at TenUp. I'm like, well, why? And they're like, because you're basically setting the server on fire. Um, I wasn't clearing, uh, some of my, my objects. Well, um, I didn't realize that save queries was turned on. So that was just causing like memory to balloon because WPDB, you can tell it by setting the save queries constant, uh, keep track of every query I'm running. That's okay. If you're trying to profile something like, oh, there are 40 queries on this page. If they're like, you know, 4 million queries on this page that tends to get a little more um, <laughs> expensive. So yeah. it got to the point where I think they had to like, let's see, we don't, didn't run a data center. So they couldn't go in and like unplug the server, but it was definitely like, no, we have to kill everything and just wow. restore it from a backup or something because this is <laughs> gone haywire. Yeah. It's um, gone beyond what we can do. <laughs> it was not a proud moment. But yeah. going back to, you know, like Eric as a mentor, he was like, can I tell you about the time that I accidentally broke production on like a major news outlet on like a major news day? Um, or, no, 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 I'm sorry. He was working on the major news outlet to get ready for a major news day and apparently broke WordPress VIP. Like the whole thing um, by accidentally DDoSing it from an intern. I don't remember this, the specifics, but it was definitely <laughs> one of those like, oh, yeah. you think pissing off a few system administrators is a bad thing. What about being like a partner agency and like, whoops. But we, we make mistakes. As you said, we're and human. Software and hardware gets more resilient out of it. Yeah. Um, I don't think that same thing could happen again. So congratulations. We've, we've all improved. Go. That's right. I was talking to Christy Pollock from Automatic just an hour ago, and uh, she managed to do something with all of the demo sites on WordPress.com all at once. And so it took about 15 minutes, and they fixed them, and they said, and she said to her, um, she was then welcomed as you are a true automatician now. <laughs> <laughs> we broke something, we fixed it, and we've also made it so nobody can ever make that mistake again. Yep. So there you go. And that's the exactly. thing. I mean, as long as you learn from it, as long as you get something out of it uh, and you put something in place so it doesn't happen again, then congratulations, you're learning. 
Exactly. Exactly. What's your proudest WordPress moment? <sighs> this is going to go back to Eric as well. Uh, and it's another one of those like minor little things, but uh, while we were actually, it was the client I was writing the migration thing for um, someone brought up, you know, well, it would be cool if we were playing around with like, you know, AI to, to like help them write their articles better within WordPress um, and help streamline their, their editing experience. Um, and keep in mind, this was back in like 2014. So it was like, yeah, this could be really cool. And uh, Eric was like, okay, so Steve, you're the new guy. Um, you know, get on that. Uh, we expect to have it working by Monday. You know, again, he, he's, he's trolling me, uh, as he would say. And um, it happened to be just before Thanksgiving. Um, and I decided to publish, or I, I found a library called clippy.js. Uh, it re-implements the old Microsoft Office Assistant, yep. uh, Clippy. Mm -hmm. um, not just Clippy. It also had like the wizard and the dog and, and all of them um, as a, a JavaScript library. And you could actually say like, hey, do like the saving animation or like the sleeping animation or all, you know, make it say different things. Mm -hmm. So I wrote a WordPress plugin uh, called Son of Clippy. I published it to wordpress.org. Uh, it got approved almost immediately. I hope it's just because it was such an amazing concept. Um, and I put Eric's name on it. Uh, <laughs> I, I gave him like admin access to the GitHub repo. So if he wanted to mm -hmm. remove his name, I made sure he had committer access for the SVN stuff for wordpress.org. So, you know, he, he had every method he needed to like remove it and be like, right. oh, that's Steve. <laughs> uh, I guess he didn't see those emails come through <laughs> because the first he found out about it was uh, it, it gained a little traction on Twitter and uh, someone was like, my God, Eric, what have you done? And he's like, wait, what? And it was just this like, I can't believe you just published this and put my name on it. I'm like, I know, right? Good joke. And he's like, okay, I'll get you back for this. Um, but then he and I actually uh, ended up having a conversation with the plugin team. Like, huh, you know, this could be a vulnerability. Cause like if someone had something published and then went back and like added malware to it, because you know, it's reviewed at the initial mm -hmm. time, but you can release updates whenever. Mm -hmm. um, so if someone added malware, and also happen to add, you know, like 10 ups name, um, people would be like, Oh, I can safely install this. It's written by 10 up, uh, right. up doesn't mess around. They, they build quality software. Uh, mm -hmm. so they install it and then it's like surprise. So we had to kind of like go th through, you know, the, the plugins team and be like, so, um, just so you're aware, this is a possible Avenue. And they're like, okay, yeah, we're going to put some checks in place. Sounds like a plan for sure. Oh my goodness, that's a good one. Um, if you weren't working in web and web technology, what's another career you might like to attempt? Um, I'm torn between two because uh, there's the one that would be fun and the one that would be fulfilling. Uh, the fun one would be go the, the brewing route. Um, as we covered earlier, you know, I'm big in craft beer. Uh, and especially after getting to hang out with Pippin at LoopConf a few years ago, um, 
and you know go to a brewery with him and just talk like development and brewery and it was while he was still planning sand hills brewing um and it was just like oh this would be so so cool (laughs) um but as, as recently as uh this past fall i've also considered getting into politics um, hmm. Not necessarily at the national level, but I live in Ohio, which is a, uh, I'm trying to not get political. Um, let's just say it's a heavily gerrymandered it's a red state. state. <laughs> no, it it's, shouldn't be a red state. It's, right. Population wise, it's purple, um, but electorally, it's a red state. Um, and especially lately in the news has not I mean, it's not at Alabama or Georgia levels of tomfoolery, <laughs> um, but uh, after the the 2018 midterm election results came out, I I went and I actually signed up for um, a, a program called Run for Something. Um, it was started by Amanda Littman, um, who did some work on Obama's campaigns uh, and then Clinton's campaign. Um, and it's a, a, a pack developed to get young progressives, uh, like sub 40, uh, into politics. And it's not about like, hey, go out and, you know, run for state senator or something. Like, mm-hmm. that, that, that's big. But starting at the local level, paying attention to things like school boards and city mm-hmm. council and, and all of these municipal type roles that often you know people are running unopposed um and the goal of the pack is to build the the progressive bench so you know 10 20 years down the road you have people with public service experience um you know who hold progressive views uh who might be interested in some of these you know more competitive things Mm -hmm. um she also she wrote a book she's an awesome writer it's a very convincing book um but uh, so I, I went and I, I signed up for it. And then there happened to be a rally uh, the, like, the day after that. So I, I actually got up on this, this rock in front of like, I don't know, 80 people and kind of said like, hi, I'm Steve. Uh, I'm, I was, I'm never, I don't know how old I am now. So I don't know how old I was then. Um, 30 something. Uh, and, um, just wanted to let everyone know that yesterday, uh, after the, the results, I, I was upset and I went and, and signed up for run for something. And if, if you're thinking about running, I, I suggest you do it too. Um, and it was just like, I had, you know, like people coming up and giving me hugs and just like, you know, Oh, I'm so proud of you. That's so great. Even if, like, it was, it was really cool. Um, so, uh, politics would probably be mm-hmm. that, that other potential career opportunity uh the, the drawback though is when you're looking at those local things and you look at that compared to like senior software engineer um the the salary salary to yeah <laughs> and i've got a four-year-old uh yeah so. i actually did run for office i really just completed and retired after four terms as a school board member in my town that is awesome. So that was 12 years. So I started that when I was 38. And last year I ran for county legislator in a very, very red county. Um, so I didn't win because I am not a, a 
Republican. It's hard to say that word sometimes. Um, <laughs> sorry for those of you who are. Should I read too um, much into that? Yeah. Um, but I, but I, in my, so I was running for my local, there's 29 legislators in our county. And in my district, um, there are, I think I'm going to not get the numbers right, but let's say there's like 2000, um, Democrats and I got almost 4,000 votes. So that tells you something right there. Um, so I got 37% of the vote, which moved the needle. So that was kind of cool. That's nothing to shake a stick at. Yeah. So that's right? awesome. So, and it was a good experience. It was a really good experience. So, Would you consider um, running again? No. no? <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because um, this past year and a half of working, um, I was freelancing for years. And then a year and a half ago, I joined Impress.org, which is Give and WP Business Reviews. And my life in WordPress has taken off in some amazing ways. Um, I've got this podcast, and I think you're my 33rd or 34th interview. I've only got nine out so far because I've been interviewing so many wonderful people. I'm going to start, you know, putting two or three out a week. And um, I'm on WordCamp US. I'm on the team for WordCamp US. I speak at camps all over the place. Um, I'm doing more writing. I published a book last year. So my my career path is not in politics anymore. Um, it really never was. It was, it was additional. That was adjunctive to what, what I do on a regular basis because it wasn't a full-time position anyway. But I am just so in love with uh, what I'm doing right now that that's where I need to put my passion. I need to put my, my time where my passion is. That's fantastic. So. Yeah, so I'm really enjoying life. You know, and doing the keynote at Kent was, um, that was one of my proud WordPress moments, was being asked to do that keynote. And so I want to really continue the work that I put about, that I talked about in uh, that keynote, which is really paying attention to uh, remote workers and distributed teams and watching out for mental health of the people that are part of our community. So I'm just a huge community advocate, and I, that's really where my passion lies right now. So. Awesome. Yeah, and, and and I'm glad you brought up mental health uh, because that's one of those areas that it's it's been big in the PHP community for the past few years, and it's just kind of gaining steam in the WordPress mm-hmm. community. Uh, WordCamp yeah. Dayton had Joe Ferguson um, do a keynote, uh, not this year because I was the keynote this year, but last year um, mm-hmm. Matt Trask was at WordCamp Kent last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard him; he was awesome. And I'm sure also things outside of Ohio, um, sure. but my word camps tend to be Ohio, Michigan. Sure. Um, but uh, groups like OSME, uh, Open Sourcing Mental Illness, um, that has been such a huge, um, I, I don't mind saying they're my Amazon Smile uh, sure. donation recipient. So for the $14 yep. or whatever they've earned, you're welcome, and- OSME. WP and up is another one that I really, um, and they use give for fundraising on their site. So, yeah. So, um, you know, like I said, if, if you put your time where your passion is, you'll love what you do, which is awesome. Tell us about something on your bucket list. On the bucket list. Um, well, uh, this, the bucket list is, it's a moving target, right? Uh, or it can consist of multiple things. Um, so, Last year, I had decided, like, okay, 2019 will be the year that I give my first keynote. And uh, I, I got to do that this year. I, I was WordCamp Dayton. Um, so I'm like, okay, what's 2020 going to be? 2020, I'm going to do my first training session. See, I have really boring bucket list items. They're not like, I'm going to go, you know, skydiving. Or, no, it's like, 
I'm going to speak longer for still not getting paid. Um, <laughs> but see, but I laugh because my bucket list too, uh, I actually call it my living list instead of my bucket list, but people uh, don't know if I said what's on your living list, they'd be like, my what? Um, but I, I have very similar aspirations. <laughs> Mine is to do a TED Talk. Oh, that might have to go on there for like 2021. Does TEDx yeah. count or does it have to be it like It does. No, TEDx, okay. TEDx counts, in my okay. opinion, for me. It does, yeah. Good to know. And I have an in at TED. Hmm. See, I don't, but if you can get me an in, that'd be pretty cool. Granted, he, he's just a, a front-end engineer, so I don't know if that if he'd really be an in or if it would just be like, dude, I don't care. what. I'm going to go build React apps. Um, but uh, so after that, I was like, you know, okay, I've given my keynote. What should I do next? I should do like a workshop or a training, you know, one of like the, the day before the main conference and it's like the three hour or even the full day sessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I submitted again to PHP world this year. Um, and one of the organizers reached out and was like, Hey, we saw you submitted that testing talk. I've been hearing good things. We know that we can trust you to do well. Um, you know, we've spoken at multiple or several of our conferences before. Um, you're always enthusiastic. You're always making people feel welcome, especially like if it's their first conference and they feel like uneasy about stuff. Um, would you be willing to take your testing talk and expand it to a full day training? And I'm like, Eli, you, you just made me meet my 2020 goal before I, I met my, or well, I'm in 2019. So now I have to change things for 2020. Um, and I, I have this one aligned with a, another speaking thing. Um, so I've never actually been to Europe. The, the furthest overseas I've been, has been to Iceland. My wife and I went um, a few years ago because uh, we had a baby at the time and babies are exhausting and Iceland is beautiful. And we, I'm not saying they don't have babies there, but we didn't have baby there. Um, <laughs> so that was a nice escape. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I've applied to speak at um, Scotland PHP and um, I, their call for speakers closed like a couple months ago and I'm just like refreshing every day, like on, on Twitter. And they're like, Oh, it looks like we're going to have a rough few weeks. I'm like that few weeks was like two months ago, but they haven't posted anything. No one said like, Hey, I'm speaking that. So it's just like (laughs) the waiting is the hardest part. But if I get to do that, Scotland, right. Um, I'm going to miss my mom's birthday, but I got her permission before I applied and and I'm a quarter Scottish too. My, my grandmother Uh, who actually lives just the other side of town from me um, and went with me a few weeks ago to see the the two nights of the democratic debates. So it's like me and my grandmother who's politically active and involved with the local democratic party. And it's just like, people are like, Oh, who is this young man you brought with you? Oh, this is my grandson. Who are you with? Oh, that's my, my grandma. She's cooler than like any other grandmother around. Um, (laughs) Uh, but she is uh, full Scottish, so it would be especially cool to be like, hey, yeah. you know, because yeah. of course if I go, uh, my wife is going to go with me uh, and it's going to be like, oh, look, we have a vacation and Emily will be taken care of by the grandparents. That's wonderful. Family is awesome. Family is awesome. Uh, show us or tell us about one of your hidden talents. Oh, no, hidden talents. Um, 
I will tell, but not show. Uh, behind me, and this is going to do nothing for those listening audio only. Um, I started playing guitar in uh, in high school. Um, I think it was fifteen at the time. Um, I got really into Ben Folds. So, well, if you can play guitar, um, bass comes really easily. So I started playing around on a bass, and my my brother learned bass because my dad plays guitar. I was just learning guitar. My brother's like, I'm not going to do the same thing. So he picked up bass. Um, so guitar and bass in high school. I got really into Ben Folds. So I have a keyboard back there. Um, of course, you can't just play with like a, a small little thing. It needs to be like 88 weighted keys, all of that. <laughs> um, so I'm a, a freshman in college. And I'm like, I'm going to take a bunch of that graduation money and buy an electric keyboard because I'm the coolest kid in the dorm. Uh, so I started teaching myself piano there. Um, never taken piano lessons, which is why I'm not very good at piano. Um, the ukulele hanging on the wall uh, was a few years ago as just kind of a, I want to learn ukulele. It seems like it would be a fun thing to do. And um, I got really into George Harrison and George Harrison was really a, a proponent of ukuleles because he's like, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm just one of the best guitar players on the planet, you know, and my best friend has been called God, you know, Clapton. But, um, you know, sometimes I like to have people over for dinner. Of course, he said it with a very nice accent. Um, hello, I had, no, that's, that's all wrong. Um, but, you know, I, I was watching Concert for George and Paul McCartney comes out and he's talking about how, you know, people would go over to George Harrison's house for dinner or something. And after dinner, the ukuleles always came out. And, you know, people would be like sitting out in the garden playing ukuleles until like two in the morning or whatever. And I'm like, that sounds really nice. Plus, there are only four strings. So, like, I can do this, right? So, I picked up a ukulele. Um, and I actually just recently at an antique store found like a, you know, groovy ukulele songs sheet music book um and i can't read sheet music either because again i'm not good at music i just happen to own the instrument <laughs> you like it like that's it yes um so now i have uh basically ukulele tab for like i mean half of it's beatles stuff um which is awesome uh but that's back there uh so let's see guitar 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 bass ukulele piano drum set over here um an electric drum set because again four-year-old yeah. um but that was another self-taught like no sometimes you just want to play drums and i had always mm -hmm. wanted to and it's one of those like you can't get an acoustic set and live in an apartment or be in a dorm room or anything right and now i have a house uh but i also don't have a basement door so uh electric drum set works out really well um, absolutely great way to just uh Actually, I, I lost um, a fair amount of weight a couple of years ago. Uh, I've gained some of it back now, but I, I would joke that drums, you know, that's my exercise. Fitbit's like, you know, you need 4,000 more steps. I'm like, okay, well, that's like 30 minutes on drums. Um, <laughs> and it would work out really well. So, yeah. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. I love it. I had a ukulele once upon a time. The one thing I remember about the ukulele is it goes out of tune so quickly. It does. You're constantly adjusting it constantly adjusting it so my last question for you is how can we find you online and what's your website uh i am uh at steve cronwell on all of the social networks that matter um is always my 
my joke when I'm doing presentations. Um, most active on Twitter, uh, GitHub and GitLab for, for code stuff. Um, I blog rarely at stevegrunnell.com. Um, speaking engagements are all at stevegrunnell.com slash speaking. Um, I avoid Facebook when at all possible. There you and go. Yeah, that's about it. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Great thank getting you to know me. you. You are my longest uh, interview ever. So I, you win the prize of something. I don't know what it is, but I'll figure it out. The prize <laughs> isn't just like a smack on the head, is it? Like, uh, no, because I don't want it. You're too far away to smack. So I got to think of something else, but <laughs> good to know. I, I think I may assign you a task to develop me an app for um, coffee the same way that Untapped works for um, for beer so we can like have our coffee app and compare coffees around the world. I don't know. Mm. There might okay. be something to that. It may already exist. Who knows? We'll have to check it out, but we'll talk about that later. Anyway, thank you so much for being here. It was a pleasure. And I'm sure I will see you at some future event somewhere. Um, but it was great to meet you in Kent. And it's really nice to get to know you even a little bit more tonight. So thank you and have a wonderful evening. And goodbye, everybody. We'll see you on the next edition of WP Coffee Talk. Thanks.